Today on the Diz List, we count down the top 10 experiences from our most recent visit to Walt Disney World. Welcome to the Diz List podcast that ranks everything in Walt Disney World. I'm Rob. And I'm Nick. Today we count down the top 10 experiences from our most recent visit to Walt Disney World. Rob, I got to tell you, we just got back. What a trip. What a trip. Yeah, we uh, we both just, our families traveled together to, to Disney and it was it was fantastic. This is probably the first time that we can sort of sit and let it all kind of sink in and, and realize all that we did. It was a long trip. We got a lot done. And I think part of that was that we're planners. You know, I think that comes by nature, considering that we're educators, you know, all, all four of our, of the adults in our family are educators. So being able to go in the summer is kind of when we can go, you know, you might wonder why would you go when it's so hot? Oh, it's Um, spicy hot. Oh, it was, it was the hottest I've ever been down there, but um, you know, it it was great. We're, we're planners by nature. So we were able to get a lot done. Yeah. We planned in advance with uh, dining and, and doing our park reservations. And I think for the most part, I don't think we really changed any of our park reservations, I think we maybe changed one of our dining reservations, but that was about it, right? Yeah, I think uh, we ended up changing one morning breakfast that we had wanted to do simply because we, we decided we wanted to rope drop um, to be able to go and do some stuff at Epcot that we otherwise I don't think would have been able to fit in the day. Yeah, I think we're going to talk about that a little bit later, too. Yeah, I, I, I do agree that we'll we'll probably be touching on that day. Um, so but, I'm trying to think back to remember how this this even came about, where we decided that we were both going to go together. I think honestly, as I recall, um, we were talking. I was talking to you about the benefits that I've seen in owning DVC, and um, you had talked about on your last trip. You guys went over to the Poly and looked at it, and I was like, "Hey, you know, I've got some extra points. Uh, what if I run them out? And what if we go at the same time?" So. As I recall, it was just kind of an organic conversation we had. Yeah, and we really wanted to go to the Poly anyway. I mean, we had, like you said, we were there for a reservation for a Ohana breakfast, which was fantastic. And uh, we walked the grounds, and, you know, my wife was sold, and um, she was really into it. And then I think our it just kind of went from there, and our um, our wives are really good friends, and our uh, our kids, although my kids are a little bit older, they're teens, uh, your kids are a little bit younger. They're more elementary school age, but they all they get along great. Yeah, I mean, it really was like having four siblings together rather than just two sets of two. And, you know, I think that when we realized it was going to work out, um, being able to rent our points, you know, to you guys and, you know, you being able to go to the poly at the same time as we were was, was a, a good choice. I really do believe that. And additionally, you know... Traveling from the Northeast, like we have to do, we can't we can't be at Disney all the time, like a lot of Disney creators. So, being able to go down together, I think, was really a positive experience, especially so early on in this podcast. Yeah, I mean, the timing just worked out really well. We've discussed doing the podcast for a while, and um, everything sort of came together. And uh, it's nice that we can do this at the beginning and sort of share from our our experiences from our trip. We, uh, let's see, we stayed at the Poly for seven days? Uh, yeah, seven nights, seven nights. We were there eight days. Um, we left a little bit before you. You guys stayed around to see some family, but yes. yeah, it was, uh, we were there eight, eight days, seven nights. And I think in future podcasts, I'll talk about this a little bit more, but my dad's side of the family lives in Orlando, and uh, part of the reason I've gone to Disney World so many times in my life is to go down and di- visit family, so... Our trips are built slightly different. The way that we do them, we will build in time to go and visit our family and spend time with them. And we had a little extra time at the end, and I wanted to squeeze in one other resort that I haven't been to because my wife and I like to try to hop around and try all the different resorts. So we spent a little time in uh, Orlando with my family, and then we hopped over to Port Orleans Riverside. Now, since that's not part of our group trip, I don't think we'll be talking too much about it in the in the list, but I'd love to hear a little bit about what your thoughts were. Yeah, um, we were honestly surprised. It's a moderate, and we really didn't know what to expect. We figured it would be similar to 
Coronado Springs where we've stayed or Caribbean Beach where we've also stayed before. So we expected something along the lines of that. And it was the room we found to be uh, bigger than we thought. There was quite a bit of storage. We honestly felt that there was a little bit more storage than in the poly room because the poly room that we had, uh, I don't want to get off the rails too much, but there was uh, sleeper beds and a Murphy bed. So when you put in those extra beds, a lot of times it takes away from the storage. So it was a little bit more storage in this room, which was fine. That was something that uh, my wife really liked. But the thing we really liked about the actual resort was sort of the theming. I was thinking to myself, okay, how are they going to make this look like the bayou? How are they going to make it look like New Orleans? So I've been to New Orleans twice, so I had kind of an idea in my head what it was going to be like. So what they did is in between all the little paths and the buildings, they sort of have these man-made, I think I sent you a photo of this. You did. They have these man-made little, I don't even know, they're not even like little rivers or creeks or... Yeah, I mean, it just it almost looks like a miniature version of Venice. <laughs> it, it's it's cool. And I said to my son as we were walking around, I said, do you think this sphagnum moss is real? You know, that stuff hanging oh, from the, the trees. The Spanish moss, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm like, is that real or is it not? So we were trying to figure out if they put it, go in and put in extra moss <laughs> to make it look more like New Orleans. Who knows? It uh, You never know with Disney. Uh, the pool was nice. We didn't get down to the French Quarter. We drove by it. It was very, very fancy. Those buildings look like like mini... Yeah, they're palatial estates. Yeah. They're I like mean, a plantation style. It was really nice. Yeah. Like, it's not really my style, but they look kind of like a, a mini Grand Floridian. It, it's honestly the one moderate resort that I would be drawn to the most for myself, for my aesthetic. Um, so it's actually one that I wanted to stay at. We actually, when we initially planned to go and do our once-in-a-lifetime trip, that was our initial plan was to go there. Um, and then we realized we could get a little bit of you know better bang for our buck as far as if we rented DVC points. Um, and we didn't end up staying there. But So I'm really glad to know that someone I, somebody I know and trust their opinion of stayed there so I can ask some stuff about it because I've, I've been interested in that one. Yeah, it was good. It was clean. Um, we couldn't get a reservation for one of the nicer places to dine. So we ate at the food court at the old mill. Okay. And I had uh, some jambalaya. That was pretty good. I'm a, I'm a big Cajun food fan. And that was one of the reasons I wanted to stay there. So uh, we got some various different things. The different family members got, uh, they had mashed potatoes. My wife was very excited. She's a big mashed potatoes fan. But the jambalaya was okay. You know, it was, nothing, it was what it nothing was. Nothing screams mashed potatoes like 95 degree weather <laughs> with a 110 degree real feel. Gotta love it. That's true. That's Spoonful true. Full of mashed potatoes. That's why I don't dine at some of the restaurants in Magic Kingdom because it's like, who wants a Thanksgiving meal on in 95 degree weather? Or but, a giant uh, hot piping bowl of pasta from. Oh my gosh. What's that yeah. place called? I've never Tony's? been there. Tony's. Tony's, that- right. The uh, Lady in the Tramp themed one. I never really knew where that restaurant was till this trip. I finally saw where it was. Yeah. It's right at the entrance of it, Magic it's Kingdom like there. It's so tucked. Like, it's not tucked away, but it kind of is because you're not paying attention for dining experiences no. where that's located. Because you're walking in and you're looking at the castle or you're looking to take a left and go to the Emporium you're or too busy doing photo with Mickey. Else. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you're not looking to get your hair cut there. You know, that's right where the barbershop yeah. is, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, I know we got off on a tangent a little bit, but I wanted to give my two cents on, on Port Orleans Riverside, which sure. we were we were pretty happy with. Yeah, absolutely. You want to get into our top 10 from the trip? Yeah. So let's take a quick break and then we'll be back and we will do our top 10 for Disney experiences from our most recent trip. So uh, with number 10, actually, this is an interesting one because it's something that I didn't think would have a big impact on our trip. I certainly wouldn't have said before this trip that it would be on our top list. Yeah, same Um, with me. um, But as you all know, transportation has been kind of up in the air with what Disney has done. And there's a lot of options out there, and they all cost money. None of them are free. And I'm not saying this is as good as having your bags picked up at the airport and showing up magically in your room. Um, 
Well, it's but, weird to think about, too, because it used to be free. Yeah. So Recently, like, as, as recent as two years ago, yeah. this was a free option. Right. So, so I didn't think that I had that major of an impact until we actually got to do it. And that is we booked with a car service rather than book with mirrors or um, the Sunshine Flyer. And we booked with a car service, FL Tours. Now, uh, full disclosure, they are not a sponsor of us. They, we are not associated with them at nope. all. We're just going to speak about what our our experience was. But if we're telling you on our top ten list, I should say something about what what it is. I found them online on a on a message board um, that I that I frequent, um, and I could not have been happier with how it went. the The charge, I mean, the cost was really quite insignificant when you consider there were four of us and it really wouldn't have been it wasn't that much more than if we had taken a bus and we got picked up at the airport with our bags and left right away it wasn't wait in this long sweaty line wasn't get on the bus and wait for 20 minutes it was actually better than the magical express experience i had last summer Last summer, they were still doing Magical Express, but they were not doing the luggage handling. Right, right. But this was better than that. And that one was free. I would pay this upcharge. This is an upcharge I would pay. Now, Disney, if you're listening, don't start charging us for this. <laughs> Let me go through FL Tours. But um, it was great. Well, when we flew down, we uh, initially booked our flight as a, um, a nonstop with, with no layovers anywhere. Because that's how we prefer to fly it's easier when you have kids you don't have to worry about uh switching planes and and uh possibly missing your connecting flight which we always worry about uh so we booked uh that flight and then we found out this is actually the second time this has happened to us that they added a layover so we had to we had a layover in baltimore now kind of not our worst case scenario worst case scenarios would have been it was canceled completely but what ended up happening was when we landed in Baltimore, there was a giant delay. So we were pretty far. We were probably about an hour off because I think we were supposed to arrive an hour before you. And then we ended up arriving about the same time. Yeah, we landed and you were pulling away. Yeah. So what ended up happening was uh, our plane landed. I immediately turned my phone back on because I had it on airplane mode. And we were about an hour late from when uh, the car was supposed to pick us up for FL Tours. So I uh, called the company, left a message, and right away I got a, uh, a call from our actual driver. And he said, he said, hello, Robert, uh, we are, we're here, we realize the plane is late, we, we've been tracking your flight, which I thought was really impressive, yeah. that they care and they're watching the flight. We, we see your, your flight is late, uh, we are here to pick you up, and then gave me specific directions where to go to find him. So uh, we got our bags, um, went right down, and we were, we were kind of waiting for our SUV to come. And all of a sudden, this black stretch limo pulls up. And I'm like, oh, I wonder who's, who this is. It's Aerosmith. For. You're late for the show. <laughs> they were. <laughs> that was good. And the door opens, and this guy comes out and says, hello, Robert. And I went, oh, Hi. And I had to immediately pretend like, oh, yeah, I definitely ordered a limo. But where my brain went to right away, and I know yours did too, was, oh, man, Rob pressed the wrong button. He ordered the wrong thing. And I thought, you know, that's very much me. Oh, I pressed the wrong button. The so, fact that my mind went there it tells you guys everything you need to know about what Rob normally would have yeah, done. It, it, I thought for sure that's yeah. what happened. It's okay. I goof up on that stuff all the time. It's fine. No big deal. So I... <laughs> We, we got our stuff, we put it in the limo, and we got in the limo, and the kids were just, they were silent. They didn't know what to do. Oh, yeah. He, uh, the driver says, uh, we have a video for you. Uh, have fun, kids. He put on Aladdin, so we were watching Aladdin in the limo. And my wife and I are just looking at each other. Our eyes were, like, bugging out of our heads, like, how the heck did we get a limo? So I figured, yep, I did the wrong thing. I pressed the wrong button. Look, went in and looked at my receipt and looked at my order, and I just I had SUV selected. So to prove it to Nick, because I do screw this stuff up, and he's got to see it in, in plain black and white. So I took a screenshot, circled it, and sent it to him and my wife, who also believed I goofed up. I didn't. It was we yeah. got this limo when we were supposed to have the SUV. So my only thought was 
it was probably, hey, your flight was delayed. We probably had a limo, and I don't know. Do I, I think I honestly think that FL Tours, when you book online, it says you know you're guaranteed this size or larger, and they just knew that you know okay, well the schedule works, and this is where we're gonna have, you know, this is the car we're gonna have over there. Um, they were so easy to work with, and and you know when you go on and book, I was a little bit afraid because it's like oh you got pay in cash or if you want to pay in credit card contact us ahead and i was like oh man am i gonna get stuck at disney i wasn't sure it was a little weird um at first i was skeptical i will send all of my friends who are looking for a car service to them they are that good it was great yeah it was great and um and don't get me wrong don't automatically expect you're gonna have a limo folks that was kind of a nice surprise no i mean on our way back we had a regular suv that picked us up and, and brought us home. And that's that's what you had on the way there, right? You said I you had, had an SUV too. I had too? a very clean, very comfortable SUV. Um, it was a it was a GMC Yukon, plenty of room for my children and I. Um, plenty of room for our bags. Um, on the way back, apparently we got the Rob treatment <laughs> because we're standing out in front of the Polynesian and up pulls a stretch limo. And I was like, oh, that's not our guy. And he gets out, and I was like, are you serious right now? <laughs> I guess so my, it's our turn. So, so we took the limo back, and my kids, who are younger than Rob's, were like, we're in a limo. My son kept mouthing the words to me because he didn't want to say them out loud. Like, he didn't, he didn't know what to do. So he looks at me, and he's like mouthing the words, I'm in a limo. I was like, it's okay to say you're in a limo, buddy. Like, it's completely okay. You can say it out loud. The guy probably gets this reaction all the time when he shows up for people expecting a car. And he's got a limo. Now, it wasn't some great fancy limo. We're not talking about something I'm going to pay thousands and thousands of dollars for for my wedding. But for a kid, it was the most amazing experience. And it was a great way to end our trip. It really was. And they were safe drivers, and they got us right to where we needed to be. Very knowledgeable. Talked to the gentleman on the way to the parks about if they've seen an influx of business because of Magical Express, which he, he said... You know, yeah, we definitely have. He said right now business is down a little bit, but not down from last year. It's just down from what we saw during the springtime. I think the word's getting out that this is a good thing to do. It's not that much more expensive than taking a bus, and they're right there for you. You're literally on on the way faster than you would be if you when you fly to your home airport because you're in their car quicker than it takes you to walk from your home airport's baggage claim to your car. And it is important to give them a cell number, too, because, like I said, they called me right away. They texted me. The communication was fantastic. They called me when we were leaving to go home. My phone rang in my room, and he said, hey, just double-checking that it's 10 o'clock. He called me at maybe 9 o'clock, just making sure everything's all set. And we're like, yep, all good. We'll meet in the front of the building. It was it was great. So uh, yeah. couldn't be happier. So our number 10 was uh, definitely our transportation through uh, FL Tours. So our, our number nine um, is kind of a, a newer, we'll call it a newer benefit that they've, that they've added. Uh, Nick, do you want to talk a little bit about what number nine is? Yeah, sure. So number nine, uh, the extended evening hours that are there for deluxe resorts. Uh, because we were staying on my DVC points at the Polynesian, uh, we were eligible for those. Um, and honestly, they, I wasn't sure what to expect. And I feel like we got two different experiences. And I don't mean two different experiences as a family, although that's true too. Yeah. But I think two different experiences based on the two parks that we did it in. Right. So it's only available in the Magic Kingdom and Epcot. And just so listeners are aware, the Magic Kingdom in the summertime is usually open until 11 o'clock. And it was when we were down there. And the, and Epcot is normally open until 9 o'clock. So what the Extra Magic Hours do is they give you two additional hours in the park to walk around, ride rides. And what they're supposed to do is they're supposed to scan your Magic Band before you get into a ride. Uh, which, which was very seamless at Magic Kingdom. Yes, at Magic Kingdom, yes, definitely. Uh, Epcot was not. No. Um, Epcot was at every ride except for one. Right. So at Remy's, they did not scan bands. And I have to say that there's – my estimate is that 70% of the people that we were in line with were not part of the extra hours. Yep. 
the fireworks were over and everyone made a mad dash back there. And we thought, all right, we're good. We're all set. We're going to scan in our band and we'll get right into the ride. That was one of our longest waits was for that. The cast member even said to us, oh, no, they scan bands up there. I don't think it was one of the longest. I think it was the longest. And it was supposed to be in a shorter wait time. Yeah, I I would estimate that was probably an hour wait, right? Yeah, yeah. I I would not if I'm doing it all over again. I would make sure that I wrote it right before fireworks or even during fireworks, but I don't know if I would give up on that, honestly. Yeah. Um, but I would not ride it during extra magic or extra evening hours because it, it burned a lot of time that was unnecessary. I think we we could have done test track Soren, um. Spaceship Earth, all three during that time. I think we could have probably even done Frozen and then those three because um, we were already in uh, World Showcase, but that's just me. By the time we got out, I think it was maybe around 10.30, and I think the kids were pretty spent, and that's kind of a haul to walk all oh the God. way in the back from France all the way to the front, and the kids did pretty well. Yeah. And we yeah. walked back to the front, hopped on the monorail, and, and rode it back to our resort. And, you know, to transition to Magic Kingdom, so Magic Kingdom, we, uh, it was rainy that night, stormy, mm-hmm. so uh, the storm kind of started around 7 o'clock when we headed over to Magic Kingdom, and it rained pretty heavy, and there was a lot of lightning off and on, so for a while they closed down a lot of the outdoor and roller coaster rides, so we didn't think we were going to get to do them at all. So, uh, I can't remember... We went over and before the magic, before the extra hours even occurred, we went and did Haunted Mansion, which was a walk on. Right, right. And it was during the, like, that's what I don't get. All the outside rides were shut down at this point. We're talking, it's maybe it was nine o'clock. So I guess people were thinking they're going to go over to fireworks, which I don't know why they thought they were going to run the fireworks in that weather. Um, But we walked on to Haunted Mansion. Um, and then by the time we were off Haunted Mansion, they had started to open up some other things. And, and I think at that point you you recognized and realized, oh boy. They're opening this stuff up. Let's yeah. let's make a break yeah. for Thunder Mountain. Yeah, and we were able to get on that as a walk-on. Yeah. I mean, well, it might as well have been a walk-on. We waited maybe five minutes yeah. in, in, on the ramps there, yeah. which the ramps are the hottest part of that, oh my gosh. that queue. But I was packed that many bullets. people. Yeah. Pack that many people in there, but... So then uh, we got a little bit more rain. Uh, the most amount of rain, I think, was when we were in line for Winnie the Pooh. I don't know where you were at that point. Uh, we were on um, Small World. Yes, that's right. We did Small World. And then uh, just to kind of fast forward a little bit, uh, part of our group split off a little bit. Just, you know, some people were tired, and that's absolutely fine. And we ended up walking on Space Mountain, uh, quite a few different things, I think. And then... I think you would. You and your son went and did photo pass, and you were. I think you left at about. We were, so midnight, we were. Maybe? We, we were leaving the next day, um, and I knew that if we were going to leave the next day, get up and do the things we wanted to do in the morning. There's no way I could stay till one. So we did leave around midnight. I want to add, just because I think it's funny for listeners who've been listening, um, we did the teacups together. <laughs> so last week we talked about how, or two weeks ago we talked about how much we. You know, don't like the teacups. Yeah. So, so Rob and I actually rode teacups together during extra hours. Our son, and just like we said in the episode, our sons rode it and they spun it like crazy, and we rode it and we held it as steady as possible, and it was somewhat enjoyable. I sat inside of the teacup. I got in and sat down, and I didn't know if where Nick was going to go. Nick comes in and sits down across from me. I look right at him and I said. You better not spin this thing. He goes, I'm not spinning it. <laughs> so my wife has a funny video of the kids, our sons, swirling and swirling around. And, and Nick and I holding on to the metal part, just look glaring at each other like, I'm not going to get sick. Yeah, and, and we were okay. We didn't get sick after. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, after that, though, we, <laughs> I, I do also want to point out a little tip for people. Don't look at the line at Space Mountain and think, oh, that's like an hour and a half wait. It says 15 minutes, but I'm not waiting in that line. The queue is outside. Because Magic Kingdom does their job. Every single ride, including teacups, which I don't care if they let regular day guests in there. Every single ride, they made you tap in. Yep. Every single one. And that was the key. Because there were people waiting in line with us. Now, they didn't end up reopening Seven Dwarves that night because that was actually a mechanical issue, not a weather issue. 
And so there were people waiting in line, and they came through. I'm like, we're gonna we're gonna make you tap in. So you better if you're not staying at at a deluxe resort, you're not gonna go. Yeah, we walked over to Space Mountain, and I saw the line. I was like, no way. That because the line went from the entrance of Space Mountain all the way back to kind of like Auntie Anne's uh, gravity anti gravity treats, yeah. and I was like, that line is too long. But then Nick said, no, they're making everyone tap their bands. So the line. Although it looked long, that was literally the only line was yeah. outside. Yeah. You tap your band, and then you could race full speed all the way back oh, yeah. to Space Mountain and jump right on. It, it was a walk-on. It wasn't 15 it minutes. Was. It, you waited longer in line to tap in. So if you're there and it's your first time experiencing this, don't don't think of that. So Extra Magic Hours, big plus. Uh, the, our crew of, of four, our, our immediate family, since we weren't leaving the next morning, we stayed right until 1 in the morning. It was crazy. It was, it was great to be able to say we stayed at Disney until 1 a.m. So we touched on number 8 a little bit when we were discussing Epcot. And uh, what number 8 is, is is going to be the, the fireworks show called Harmonious that we've heard a lot about and a lot of different Disney fans have been very vocal about this particular show. Not all negative, but mostly negative. So going into it, Nick and I both kind of had the impression of, okay, this show's not great. It's not really going to be a a fantastic nighttime show. But um, Nick, what was your opinion on on Harmonious? Uh, I'm going to tell you right now that people got to stop with this gatekeeping, right? So... You can't put IP in Epcot. You can't put this music in Epcot. You can't do this. In Ep- it's not Epcot. That fireworks show, in my opinion, and again, that's my opinion, but I should have a chance to form it. I shouldn't have to listen to everybody else tell me how horrible this show is. It was better than Enchantment. Agree. We discussed after we were walking out of the park, I said, this might be a hot take, Nick, but I think it was better than Enchantment, and you agreed. The only thing that's that I'd say would give Enchantment any kind of edge is the Main Street projections. Yeah, that was great. Because that's pretty uh, innovative. But that would be about it. Those Epcot fireworks, if you're in the right spot, which, by the way, if you're not watching them from between the two gift shops, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Because everybody has told everyone else that, oh, this isn't a good fireworks show. So they're not they're not watching it. Yeah. We were not crowded. No, we had plenty I was, of room. I feel more crowded when I go to my local... You know, Fourth of July fireworks, or around here they do them on the second or third. Yeah, and they played music, and uh, Nick's daughter was putting on a show and dancing for everybody. <laughs> she was. But think about that. There was plenty of room for her to dance around and and play and have fun. My daughter was laying down, taking a little bit of a snooze, and uh, it's it was great. We had plenty of room and a great spot to watch the fireworks between. And now we're talking the the entrance of World Showcase. There's two gift shops, one on the left, one on the right. And you used to be able to get a fast pass to be able to go into this roped off area, but we just walked right in. Yeah, I don't think it's they don't do the fast pass thing no, anymore. I didn't think so. I think they used to do um, dining um, dining experiences there too, where you could do the the dining package and the fireworks package. But I will tell you, people who've been telling me how bad this fireworks show are, shame on you. And if you don't like it, that's fine. But stop with the gatekeeping. Like you don't get to decide what's good at Disney. This was a very good show. It was fantastic. Very good show. And it was very inclusive, too, because, you know, I, I had heard people complaining about, well, they don't sing the song all in English. Well, you're at Epcot. It's a celebration of the globe, of the world. So they're singing these Disney songs in their native language. They're singing some of the songs in Chinese and, and whatever native African language they were they were singing uh, part of the Lion King song. And I thought it was fantastic. I agree. I and I'm not saying everybody does it, but but I feel like sometimes we put too much stock into what the masses say, right? right? So you go on Twitter a, a week after um, Harmonious debuts, and you read all this stuff. You go on Instagram, you read all this stuff. You watch YouTube, you see and hear all this stuff. But then as people realize, oh, maybe that was a hot take, maybe I was wrong, nobody goes back and cracks it. Or if they do, it's buried. Right, it's buried behind something else. Yep. So, I'm sorry, you got to go. You got to watch that show, and you've got to get a good spot there to see that. Like, it almost now not doesn't 100% forgive them, 
but it almost forgives them for putting those tacos in the middle of <laughs> in, in the World Showcase, in World Lagoon. Showcase Lagoon. Yeah. That's what I like. To, we, we like to call them the tacos. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I guess the last thing I'll say before we move on to our next one is uh, before we left, I watched part of it. I didn't watch the whole thing, but on Disney Plus, they had Harmonious Live, and they had the different artists singing it with the fireworks going off, and it, it was cool. You have to see it in person. I mean, it's one of those things you just have to see and experience. Like, we kept looking at each other and just being like, wow. Yeah. Like, the this colors, is the, oh, it's spectacular. It was it was projecting on, on the, the smoke from the fireworks. Yeah. Projecting on the mist from the water they spray out. It was next level. It was fantastic. Yeah. I'm not the art teacher here, right? <laughs> but all I'm going to say is it was artistically, it was brilliant. It was. So. So, um next our next is is definitely one of my favorite things and, and it's a tradition for our family and one thing we do uh, that we take a lot of pride in is our photo pass pictures so our number seven is going to be photo pass so we kind of we have a saying around our house um throwing somebody in the game like you're playing a game and you automatically throw somebody in it so our game is doing funny crazy things for photo pass not always but most of the time uh, on the ride on the, photos. the ride photos yep. the ones where you're posing in front of the castle in epcot you know big smiles happy family it's all good but we like to do funny crazy things on on the ride photos so we definitely threw nick and his family into our game uh head first and I think at first, I mean, you can say what you think. You may have been a little trepidatious, but I think you enjoyed it pretty fast. I mean, it, I think at times it can be high pressure, right? Because I know how seriously you take your game, okay? <laughs> so there were times I was like, I'm not doing the photo because I am not going to pull it off. So I will ride with somebody else who's not going to take the photo. But we have some really great ride photos from this from this trip. One of our favorites, and I'm not going to mention all of them because you know, this could be a three-hour podcast of all the funny things we've done on the ride photos. But I think one of our favorites is on the Frozen ride. Oh, by far, that's my favorite. Yeah. Because so, everybody did the same thing. Yep. And I don't know whose idea it was, but while we're waiting in line, uh, usually either my wife or my daughter will say, okay, what, what are we going to do for this ride photo? So then my wife pulls out her phone and looks up exactly where they take the picture. So we can, we're can we not worried about what's going to happen the whole ride. We're enjoying it. And then right before we know there's a ride photo, we get ready to go. So somebody had the idea to do rock, paper, scissors. It was brilliant. <laughs> so there's eight of us, and we all paired off in groups of two, and we each had our individual rock, paper, scissors game. Now the funniest part is they're in each rock paper scissors game there's a winner and a loser and you can see on our faces the reactions of winning and losing it was it was fantastic so if uh if you're not a fan of ride photos this definitely isn't for you but for us this definitely makes our top 10 list and um anything else you want to say about that one i want to just say that that in addition to the ride photos um we didn't realize it until afterward you know we've been close uh family friends for a while we took our, our picture at at the poly now that wasn't a, a photo pass it was just a cast member took it and rob was like i think that might be the first group photo we have and now we've got a lot of group photos yeah. um and we have a really cool one where so we did some country themed shirts um for epcot and we have a really cool photo pass of the of of us in each of our respective countries i thought was great um so it you know, I think not just the ride photos that were goofy, being able to do photo pass with your friends who you share this passion with um, in the area where, you know, it was born, where that passion was born, uh, was really kind of special for us. So we have framed in our home, we have uh, sort of our photo pass picture from every year that we've been in the park. So for this one, we'll we'll definitely do the one of, of all eight of us for sure. So, yeah, I really enjoyed doing a photo pass with friends um now our number six is going to be uh, sharing the the polynesian experience um you want to talk a little bit about the rooms and the and the hotel and how that went just because I, I would say that nick is more the expert of the polynesian since this is his second time there yeah so the polynesian is actually my home resort as a dvc owner um i love the resort it's a beautiful resort 
right now there's only studios. It's only you know only time will tell uh, whether or not the um, the new tower will include the current association. That's for another show. Um, there's obviously the bungalows, but um, I do not have that kind of point balance yeah the the bungalows are their own little room that has its own dock and it is situated over top of the the lake in the in the center they're two they're two bedroom villa um they've got their own little splash pool um they're great i i would i would love to save one i just don't have that kind of point balance um so but i i do have enough for the studios and the studios are really spacious i will agree with rob storage is an issue but the reason you don't have as much storage is because they put in the extra bathroom um, or the extra shower area, I should oh, say. Oh, that's right. That's so you true. Have, so you have you know, the full bathroom, and then you've got another uh, area that is a walk-in shower sink area. Um, and then you've got your little kitchenette. I'll honestly say after staying in a one-bedroom in a full villa that you know the, the studios aren't as um, amazing as – the one bedrooms are obviously, but they are spacious. Uh, they're comfortable, and I really like the retheming they they've done. I really like the um, the pull down bed, the Murphy bed, as opposed to the pull out like the pull out couch. I think that is a huge upgrade over the last one because I've slept on both, and they're both um, there's a big difference between the two of them. So for me, getting to share that experience with good friends was amazing, and also you know part of owning DVC that's amazing is being able to share that the DVC experience, right? So I could rent out some points to Rob's family at a cost that was less than what he was going to get those points on the thir- on a third-party uh, website and in the end he gets a, a hotel that costs him less than it would have been to stay for the whole time if he stayed his whole vacation at Port Orleans. Um, so I think Getting being able to do that is a is special for me too, and I think at some point too, I'm sure there's going to be people that would like to hear you talk more about how DVC works. And and if you're listening now and you are saying to yourself, okay, I still don't know what DVC is, and, and you don't know a ton about it. What DVC is is it's Disney Vacation Club, and we'll delve into it a little bit more in a future episode. But the bottom line is, Nick owns. Uh, sort of real estate at Disney. Is that probably the best way to describe it? It's like a mortgage. And- yeah, I mean, it's it's you know, it's Disney's form of a timeshare. It's a little bit different. Instead of buying like a week, you're buying points. I mean, you can buy a week. You can buy a fixed week. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't want to get too into the technical term stuff. But yeah, it's basically real estate. I mean, I pay dues each year, which covers my property taxes there and like your HOA dues. Um, so yeah. That's what it's like. We'll do an episode on that in the mm-hmm. future if um, people are interested. Uh, let us know on social media if that's something you want to learn uh, more about. Our number five is kind of a tip for everyone. We had such a great experience with our number five on this list that we wanted to share it with all of you as a tip for something to do if you decide to go to Walt Disney World and, and are going to go to Epcot and want to ride uh, the Remy Ratatouille Adventure Ride. So... Uh, Nick, I'm going to give this one to you also because this was kind of your plan from the get-go because you're really familiar with uh, the resort that we sort of started this this all on. So um, Yeah, so last year we stayed at Beach Club, um, and you're not supposed to be able to do what we did, um, <laughs> but if you hit it right, you can. Um, so we got breakfast, and if you were in the room, I'm doing air quotes, we got breakfast at Marketplace. Um, so that way we could get into beach club, um, uh, beach club is right next door to, uh, the rear entrance of Epcot. That's the called the world showcase entrance. So there's beach club and there is the boardwalk and yacht club and Swan and dolphin are all located near this entrance. So we, I knew that the walk from beach club to international gateway is like five minutes and that's. That's a, that's a leisurely stroll. Yes. Like, if you're booking it, you can get there quicker. Um, so we rope dropped from the gateway and did Remy right away. And we, it was, we were done with Remy, and the park hadn't opened. So the park officially opens at 9 o'clock, right, 9 a.m. 
Yeah, I believe so. It opens so. for no eight thirty. I, it was eight thirty because we because we ended up getting there at seven forty five or seven fifteen. And they like let us in. I couldn't believe this. They <laughs> let us into the park before even the official opening for anyone, right? Yeah, it wasn't eight o'clock yet. No. So I, the early morning, if you're staying on property, was eight o'clock. They let us into the park before that. Yeah, I think we rode the ride before that too. We were we, they they started putting people. So it's hard to say when people were actually getting on the ride. The line started moving through the queue for Remy's well before the 8 o'clock start. Yeah. We were off the ride shortly after that unofficial 8 o'clock start. And we looked at each other and went, the park is not even open, and we just rode Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. Yeah. yeah. And, by the way, what a fantastic ride. It is. I was very, very impressed. And, again, it's one I see on YouTube and kind of watched the ride through and went, oh, yeah, this is kind of cool. In person, there's so many more magical touches that the Imagineers put in there that make it so much better. The 3D glasses, I'm not always a huge fan of. Sometimes I get weird motion sickness with them. But the 3D glasses make for a really great experience. There's heat and there's spraying water on you. and I don't think you even need the glasses. I'm not, now, you do, with obviously, with the, with the video that they shot. Yeah. But the fact that they've done the hydraulic stuff with the particular cars... Like the the small little touches of theming, like the screws coming through the wood on oh, the wall that yeah. you can't even you don't necessarily look, but you look to your left and there's a screw coming through the wall because you're behind the walls. Or when you're underneath the the cart, if you look to the left, the wheel on the wall, which is a completely fake wheel, and they could have totally phoned this in. It's rolling while you're supposed to be rolling. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah, it's and the queue. Like, can we just talk about this? Is how a queue should be done for that kind of ride. Mm-hmm. It's engaging for children if you have to wait. It's not so engaging that you end up running into people who are trying to stay behind like you do in Seven Dwarves, right, where every, all the kids are spitting the buckets and it's like, come on, we're, it's a walk-on. Can you just get going, please? Um, so it, it's this good balance. And when you just did a ride that's very similar, a trackless ride in Minnie and Mickey's with a very poor, in my opinion, very poor queue. Yeah. Um, it, this is how the queue is supposed to be. It was it, that ride's fantastic. So the first half of it was outdoors, which was not great. Uh, we didn't have to do it the first time we did the ride when we did the rope drop that we're referring to. The second time we we did Remy was the extra magic hours, and we had to wait outside, which was not super fun. But the second half was indoors. As Nick's talking about, there's a a room where you feel like you're in Paris at night. There's another room where there's an art studio. Uh, And then you go down another room, which is two concrete walls. But if I stop to think about the theming and, okay, why are they just going to do concrete walls? It specifically looks like you're going through a hole in the wall almost. And then you turn the corner and then you hop on your individual rat mobile car. It's so great. Disney doesn't do anything on accident. That whole queue is made to make you feel like you're in that movie and transforming to mouse size. Yeah, it is. It is great. So highly, highly recommend the uh, Remy's Ratatouille adventure and hopefully... Mm -hmm. You use that tip next time you go on your trip. So uh, we're going to get to our number four on this list. And number four was kind of a fun one that I, I sort of obsessed about for the last six or seven months. And that is uh, Disney shirts. Now, if you listen to, I think it's, I don't know if it was our, I think it's episode two, where we kind of do a little banter <laughs> on worst shirts you see around Disney. Well, we which, saw some bad ones this oh, trip. We saw some bad ones. My son loved pointing out all the different shirts that, that he saw, but... I'm going to focus on some positive ones. And what we did was we had custom shirts made that sort of represented us and choices we made and our personalities. So uh, we, we decided to do matching shirts twice. Now, I was a person that said matching shirts are ridiculous. You know, everyone has the same uh, red matching shirts with the Mickey ears that all say dad, mom, grandma, princess, whatever, or the matching black shirts. But we wanted to put our own little spin on it. So uh, along the way, we decided, hey, there's eight of us. How great would it be to do the seven dwarves plus Snow White? Right. Yeah, it was, you know, I think it stemmed from a, 
Rob and I both agree that the group shirts can get a bit annoying. Yes. Uh, in fact, we joked that we should get group shirts that everybody has group shirts except for Rob and I and ours say, I don't do group shirts. Which like, I saw at the park. Yeah. I saw, I saw them too. And I was like, I'm glad I didn't, yeah. didn't do that. <laughs> um, but the Seven Dwarves with Snow White, I didn't think was going to get the reaction it got. It got rave reviews from people. People yeah. stopped and were like, we've seen you guys a couple of times in the park. This is amazing. Make sure you go get your picture taken here. So what we did was we did, uh, I I use my iPad and I'm, I'm an artist and art teacher. So is my wife actually. So I used my iPad and drew all seven of the seven dwarfs characters. And then I also drew Snow White and I took those images and made them into shirts. But the part I was thoughtful about was we paired every shirt with a different color in the rainbow so that when we did our pose, we lined everybody up in rainbow order and we have this like beautiful rainbow shot of all of our different shirt colors with all the different dwarves. And I think, I think we had all the colors plus pink was like the extra color. So I think we had red, orange, yellow, green, two different blues, purple and pink. Yeah. I believe that's how it went. Yeah. But when you look at it in the, in the photo, it looks like it blends like a nice, neat rainbow color. You know, not but the your... fun part for our listeners, if you're interested in doing this too, is pairing people up <laughs> with their personalities that best match the individual seven dwarfs, which can be very funny and great discussion within your family. Of... As long as people have thick skins, you're Correct. good. Because yes. somebody's always grumpy. I've got zero problems being grumpy. I have zero problems <clears throat> being dopey. Yeah, so like, like I'm good with it. Um, you know, at school, a lot of the kids are always afraid of me. They're, they they think that I'm this big grumpy guy. Uh, who now they know that I have a Disney podcast, so it's kind of funny. They're like, "Wait a second, how does that work?" Um, but you know, my Magic Band last year was a grumpy Magic Band. I love Grumpy. I think he's a great dwarf because he's a guy everybody thinks is grumpy, but inside he's got a soft heart. So I identify with Grumpy, but like Rob said, he was okay with being dopey. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm dopey sometimes too. And it's hey, it is what it is. You got to have a thick skin, and it's all it's all for fun. Yeah. And the kids loved it. Was it was good. And, like our kids really bought into it. You know, my son's a walking encyclopedia. He, he reads all the time, so he got Doc, and he thought it was great. And yeah, uh, my son was sleepy, and yeah. he'll sleep in till noon if yeah. we let him. Yeah, and uh, so most that, kids will. Yeah. yeah, and everyone matched up pretty well. I, I won't go through all of them, but yeah, it, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. definitely fun to do. And and Nick mentioned it earlier. The other group shirt that we did was we did um, uh, shirts for Epcot the day we went to Epcot. And uh, what I did was I drew the outline of Figment, and within the silhouette, so inside of Figment, you you don't see his facial features. So think of it like a shadow. And within the inside, we placed the country's flag from the country that we liked best or we identified with. Yeah, it was great. So right away, I love Japan. The uh, Koi Pond in Japan is my favorite place in Epcot to go. And right away, I was like, yep, I want Japan. It's funny. They all really fell into place pretty easily as yeah, far was, as which There was country. not a lot of thinking. No. Everyone's like, I um, want this, I want this. There wasn't a battle yeah. of, of two people. And we had one, we only had one person switch. But when That was we, just because of the way the flag fell. Yeah, it just it was Morocco. It was Morocco, yeah. and the flag didn't look right because um, this is my wife, and Morocco didn't quite look right on the flag. Um, and she has German heritage, so it was an easy switch for her yep. uh, to Germany. And everybody yep. else, you know, was quick. It's quick picks. So that was a lot of fun. And if you like our shirt ideas and you're interested in those shirts and you want to grab one, let me know. I can show you where I had them made, and I can point you in the right direction. So uh, let's see what we have next on our list is. Uh, my number three and Nick's number three are different. So our number three and number two, um, we could flip-flop here. We both love these things. I don't want to say it's a tie. Nick and I are not going to agree on everything, but we're going to do number three as Nick's number three. But just know that I like this That's... so much, I would bump this one to, to my number two. So for number three, Nick, uh, what did you put for your number three favorite thing you did? My number three? My Your number three. My number three was Guardians. My number three was Guardians. My number two is Guardians. So we'll we'll kind of discuss yeah. from here. Um, so Guardians of the Galaxy, Cosmic Rewind, and I, I'm going to spoil a future episode, and I don't even care. <laughs> this is the top ride 
currently in Disney World. Agree. There is not a shot that there's another one that you can put above this. Every one of my family members would agree this is the best ride at Walt Disney World right now. This isn't just the best ride at Walt Disney World right now. This is the best ride I've ever ridden. Yeah, I had, there was one ride at, at the neighboring park that I would put near the top. This is better than Gringotts at Harry Potter, which is also a fantastic ride. It's this a is similar better. thought process Correct. done and executed at a higher level. Oh, yes. People complained for, there's another one. You can't put IP in Epcot. Can't put this kind of thing. What is this doing in Epcot? I don't care where it is. I don't care where you put it. This just slaps. It's it is awesome. a fun, fun experience. <clears throat> so an, I a, laughed the whole ride. It laughed. It is fantastic. So a little quick little background. There is not a queue currently for this. You can't wait in line for the ride. So if you're planning on going and riding this, what you have to do is join something that's called a virtual queue. And how that works is if you have a reservation for that park on that day, what you do is you open up, you wake, you set your alarm for 6.55, your alarm goes off, you open up your phone, you pre-select all the people going on the ride. When the clock ticks to 7 o'clock, you press a button. Nick did it from his room, I did it from my room, and one of us uh, got it each time. And then what they do is they give you an estimated time for your callback when you go and get to ride the ride. So once you actually arrive at the ride, there could still be a wait. Yeah, I don't know how much longer... Um, the virtual queue is going to last. And here's why I will mention this is solely because I don't want to date this show. I don't care if the virtual queue is still there or not. You should still wait in line for this. Right. Good point. Um, we waited, I think, 45 minutes the first time, even though we had a virtual queue. And that was only because I think there was some issues with the ride. Yeah, I think it was closed beforehand. Right. So the, the, because the second time, because we rode it twice on the trip, the second time was not well you guys wrote it three times well the I third time we wrote it i'm glad you said that because the third time we wrote it we went by ourselves we went to food and wine which is a story for another time but when we we kind of waited outside of guardians because we knew our time was coming up um, my phone got an alert it said it's time for you to join the queue or join the ride we went up, scanned our bands, and entered. When you go in the main room, you know how there's sort of the the yeah, wait switchbacks. Yeah, yeah, the switchback, completely empty. We looked into the room beyond where they have the display cases, empty. All you could see is people walking through. Which our guess was the ride was probably down, and we were now filling up the queue. So that was our shortest wait was that day. I think only because they had it down for a period of time. But that's just. Purely a guess. And can we talk about the fact that this is probably the most immersive queue? Yes. That ridiculous room. I'm not going to spoil it because we were people Every who didn't want to spoil. We didn't want to spoil. We didn't want spoiler alerts for us. You know. Yeah, we, we didn't like, watch any of the videos um, or anything. That queue is. You have to go and experience it yourself. It's great. All I will say, go to the right. <laughs> yes. Go to hang to the right. Yep. If you don't want to have to wait in a longer line, just like you go to the umbrella at Haunted Mansion. Go to the right. Yep. That's all I'll say. So just kind of a quick uh, non-spoilery uh, review. You're in um, you're in like a regular roller coaster scenario, and if if you have any motion sickness, I would recommend sitting towards the front, mm-hmm. which uh, one of the three times I sat towards the back and I was dizzy for about 45 minutes after. The following two times I went on the ride, I sat in car five or before the third time i rode in car one and i didn't have any issues with motion sickness because even though you're traveling straight ahead on a roller coaster track your car will rotate Mm -hmm. so it'll rotate left and right depending on where you are and you see certain things and and it rotates through and uh it'll play one of five different 80s songs Mm -hmm. maybe one the 70s i'm not sure about the blondie song but there's five different songs that play while you're on the ride, and it's loud, and it's not too loud, but they, they fit perfectly for the ride. And that was that was probably my favorite part was the song that was playing while we were riding. Yeah, and uh, I, I can honestly tell you that I'm a big fan of virtual cues anyway, but this virtual cue I felt was easier to get, which is another reason why I think it may be on its way out. Disney has a tendency to be like, okay, well, this is no longer needed, so we're just going to have people wait in line. Right. I'm not sure that. I've read that elsewhere. I don't know anything. I'm not some insider. I wish they would keep it. It's a just a great ride. And honestly, like, 
I was worried that it was going to be super intense. I think it would have been too intense for my daughter this year. She's just turned seven. But I think certain seven-year-olds could do it. Yeah. Um, I just know her. I don't know that she would be able to do it. But it's very smooth. It's not whippy. doesn't hurt. No, very smooth. And I think the only part that I think would be questionable maybe is towards the end when you, I don't, like, again, I don't want to spoil it. There's there's sort of a, you almost orbit around something where you kind of spin in a circle and that's pretty intense. But, um, yeah, it yeah. highly, highly recommend it. Now, that's my two. That's Nick's number three. Now, Nick's number two, we'll get to in a second, which is my three. You could, we could go back and forth, but uh, the two of us, you know, our lists are not always exactly the same. But uh, the number two on the list is, is going to have to do with dining. And, again, Nick is kind of the king of, of dining. We're, in the past, we've always kind of been... Go, 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 do as much rides as you can, do as many shows and food for us. Having, uh, you know, two people in the family with celiac disease and us all being gluten free. Food wasn't always a huge priority because we knew we couldn't always eat what everybody else did. But we never really had a chance to or gave ourselves a chance to branch out and try different foods. And that's always been Nick's thing. So. Nick really encouraged us to try different things and try different restaurants. And um, I'll give him a chance to talk about what he chose and why. And I'll just say we were very happy, loved all of our experiences with it. So, Nick, go ahead and talk about the different restaurants you chose this time. So um, we did a number of ones that we hadn't done before. We we did Teppanetto, which we'll get back to in a moment. Um, Tiffin's I had never done. Um those two are the ones that stand out to me as ones being that were like big hitters for us. Um, we actually, it's not really dining, but it's still on that same, same realm as Oga's and as big star Wars guys. Oh my gosh. Rob and I were like little kids. Oga's cantina and galaxy's edge was, it was just so exciting. I mean, I I felt like I was, you know, a little kid again, playing with my Kenner action figures. It's been, it's been a long time since I spent that much at a bar, but Hey, it was worth it in my mind to do that. Um, and it's also for kids too. Yeah, it's like for kids. It was and it was a great time. So there is a moment at Teppanetto that I will never forget. Um, so when we go in there, so there's eight people sitting at the at the hibachi table, and and Rob just pulled the photo up. I knew what he was talking yeah. about before yeah. you. Even it said is it. it is a moment that I will never forget. My son. And his son looking and watching what's going on. So they, you know, they stack the onions, they make the the smoke come out, you know. And Rob's son is staring in disbelief, and my son has this face looking up at the ceiling, like, "Oh my gosh, yeah. I can't believe this!" And they just stood there and watched in disbelief as he did his normal tricks. Now I've been to Hibachi, and they are all the same hibachi tricks maybe with a little bit of a disney flair but for our kids that's a memory they will never ever forget you know that's something they had never done so it was it was a double whammy and i would imagine it's something you never really thought of doing with with your son because your son has celiacs and it would be very difficult a lot of places you go to are not going to be as as um, friendly for gluten uh sensitivities as as teppanetto was in disney many restaurants outside of disney and our you know, regular day-to-day life, we'll go to order and we'll say our son has celiac disease and someone says, what's that? And we'll say, well, we're gluten-free. We can't have gluten. What's that mean? That scares us. Yeah. When we're at Disney, 100% of the time, a chef will come out and make sure that everything is perfectly safe. Now, we had the plan initially that at Teppanetto, they were going to prepare his food in the back and bring it out and and hand it to my son and my wife. I'm so glad they did what they did. Yeah, they they cooked it. But they did everyone's food after. Yeah. Right. They So they, they did um, uh, my wife and my son first who have the food allergy and they can't have it come in contact with any type of gluten at all. So they did all that first, served them. Then they did all the things with the noodles and, yeah. and cooked all that separately. So they got the same experience right. for their individual food, which was a surprise. I didn't know that was going to happen. Me, me neither. And, you know, it was well worth the extra, you know, what, 10 minutes for them to do that so that, so that they could see their food getting cooked as well. Definitely. At first when they started doing it, I was like, wait a second, what are they doing? Then I figured it out. Oh, they're 
they know the cross-contamination is an issue, so they're waiting. They use the gluten-free soy. They use the whole thing. They did. And honestly, they subbed out those amazing vegetables. You guys got a double, or they got a double dose of those vegetables, which the noodles were great, but those vegetables, oh, my gosh. Yeah, and my my son is not big on trying (laughs) new foods. He ate them, and he was excited. And I, I think this trip, doing different dining, has really sort of expanded his palate and um i yeah. think he i think it, it was really great for everybody yeah i agree uh other ones just to mention that we did that we really like we did skipper canteen which is oh, a that's... favorite of mine i love that that's in magic kingdom yeah that is the uh the jungle cruise themed restaurant fantastic food there uh we also did a uh, a dinner at ohana right which i had is... done that before you guys had not right you only did the breakfast we did a breakfast the dinner was i mean you know, there there was some good and some bad. We won't really get into that, but the, the it was just mountains and mountains of of food. You know, yeah. steak and shrimp, yeah. uh, noodles and broccoli and you name it. It was great. It was just fun to. It felt like a very relaxed atmosphere the entire time that we were eating at these nice restaurants. Our kids were able to eat with their friends. Um, you know, we do a lot of dining out with our with our children because we don't have those those allergies and those uh, food sensitivities that, that your family does. Um, so we're able to do that um, and expand their, their palates, if you will. Um, but it was nice to see you guys able to enjoy that as well. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why we keep coming back is it's a, you know, it's a sense of safety, and, and we know that if we're going to Disney that we're not going to get sick and we're going to be safe, and we've never had an issue. Mm-hmm. at all so anyone with food allergies peanut you know shellfish any anything egg they're always so great with um, any type of food allergies so we're going to move on to our number one here now our, our number one on our list was very special and, and unique uh, for all of us and it's something that our family of four had experienced and we've we've told Nick and his family about, and it seems like one of these unicorn things that maybe couldn't ever really happen again, but it did. So Nick, what was your number one? We were able to time it. So that way we were on splash during fireworks. So we got a, we had had genie plus that day Yep. and a lightning lane popped up at like, for a 915 return or 905 return and i was like hey hmm, rob i wonder we're gonna we're gonna get this and so we did we we had been um as as one of our our disney friends uh ear scouts uh posts on his uh youtube rob talks about playing disney ear scouts talks about um playing the the slots the genie plus slots you know and he's dragging down to find the closest time and the nicest ride and when i saw that come up I was like i'm done playing slots for the day I want the experience Yep. because I wasn't sure if it was going to be my last time ever on splash as splash as splash mountain right? yeah. before it's Tiana. <clears throat> and we did it. And when we got on, we we're like, okay, we're a little, we're going to be too soon. Yeah. So we got, I don't know, probably, well, we got to where you can finally yeah. exit that one spot where they're like, okay, this is the last place you can get off. It's right next to where the uh, train loading station is. Right. If you know where I mean in the queue. So we waited, we wanted to time it just right. And then we were getting worried because it looked like it was going to storm right, and yeah. rain. And we're like, they may close the ride down. Right. So we were worried. And in fact, um, we ended up being like the second to last boat they let through. Yes. And so we we had already gone. They were like, okay, we can't let any more through because there's a storm coming. But we got to go through. And fireworks from Splash is something I know my son will never forget. Now, my, my wife and daughter... Uh, did not want to do it. I think it was more because of um, time of day and it was wet. I mean, it was. It looked like it was going to storm. Um, my daughter wasn't feeling great that night. I think she had ate a little bit too much for dinner, honestly. And it was hot um, and ultra humid yeah, that night, it too. Yeah, really, it wasn't a nice night. Um, and they didn't, she didn't want to get wet, so it was just easier than to have a fight with her. My wife took her over to uh, Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. I mean, and she actually really did enjoy watching the fireworks from there, but watching the fireworks from Splash Mountain, I I can't believe that I hadn't thought of doing that before. And I think the first time we did it, it was kind of a nice surprise, and it turned out being such a great experience. 
One other time we had a similar experience was we rode Seven Dwarves Mine Train, and when they do, um, it's not the Festival of Fantasy. What do they call the the show where they do the Frozen show during the day? What, what do they call that? Uh, I can never remember it. It's uh, yeah, I can't remember. Well, they do a little show at the at the castle and they shoot off fireworks. Mm-hmm. So we just happened to be on Seven Dwarfs Mine Train when we were coming out of the tunnel and curving around right by the castle as the fireworks went off. And it was just another experience that was just perfect timing. Yeah. Now, this one we lined up pretty well. So when we get on the ride, you get in the log, you kind of uh, curve around and you, you go up and they, they sort of bring you up like they would on a roller coaster. And then you, you go outdoors. So it it curves around and you sort of first come out like you're facing over towards uh, Thunder Mountain and that's where the fireworks are. Yeah. So it's kind of an optical illusion. Most people think that the fireworks are literally above the castle. They're not. They're further right. back at, yeah. at the property and when you come out you see to the left are the fireworks but there are also fireworks that come off from the castle. Yeah. So you look left, you see fireworks. Once the boat curves over towards the castle, you see fireworks. You were in 360 degrees of fireworks yes. and my son was just really in awe. I was in awe. Um, it was it was fantastic. It was just one of those moments like, you know, it's you think to yourself, wow, this is yeah. This is the greatest Disney does it right. And you think this is why we work yeah. so hard for these vacations. And so um, one other funny part is where we go inside and a good chunk of the ride is inside. And then we do the final drop. <laughs> and that final drop is, oh, gosh, we looked it up last time how fast it was. It was like 40 remember. miles an hour, yeah. 40 something. So we get right to the bottom. The water splashes up. But then the water keeps splashing. Yeah. We're like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Like, the water keeps coming, and we're like, why are we still getting wet? And then we realized, while we were inside, it started pouring. Yeah. So we, not just a little bit. A lot bit. Yeah, it was It was. <laughs> it was. was insane. Yeah, it, we had a lot of rain. So it was kind of funny. Started off dry, had that nice dry experience, leisurely boat ride watching the fireworks, big drop pouring rain it was not your typical florida afternoon thing everybody gets this was a straight up storm that went all night we woke up there was like standing water at the poly it was it was a lot of rain that night there was a lot of flooding overall that week that we were there a lot a lot of rain rain. yep um so that's our number one that was kind of a unique experience that we would recommend try timing it if you're in the parks and it's anywhere around the time of fireworks see if you can do it we would definitely definitely recommend that that's so that's our number one here yeah and Um, we know we know that this has been a longer episode if you stuck with us great we appreciate it um you know reach out and talk to us um on social media we're at dizless pod on twitter and on instagram and actually now on on tiktok as well um you can look us up on youtube we we don't have a lot of uh content up there yet but we were hoping to put some more content up on youtube yeah, um, we have an know. intern working on our uh, TikTok account for us. <laughs> we do. <laughs> you can call her that, right? Yeah, my daughter. Yeah. She's better with TikTok. I'll yeah. be honest. She's she's really good with TikTok, so she yeah. helps us with it. So um, shout out to my daughter for helping that, helping us out with that. I agree. So, um, yeah, it's been an hour episode. We appreciate you hanging with us. Um, hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, let people know about the podcast. Find us on social media. Share it with any Disney friends that you may have. And, um, you know, we're really happy that you um, tuned in and listened. means a lot to us. uh, So thank you so much. It's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. And tomorrow is just a list away. So tune in next time, and we'll see you real soon.